Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Pesci over to Slavin. Slavin waits to the side of the net. Vasilevsky somehow gets to the puck as parked at the side of the net was Fogel and Lorenz. And somehow Vasilevsky denies the game. Hedman wheeling in on Nedeljkovic. Goes to the backhand behind the net. Sets one through. They score! Podcast with host Adam Gold, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the host of the Canes Corner Podcast, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold. Thank you very much for joining us uh, for, unfortunately, a second consecutive unhappy recap. But much like Monday, no grand things to uh, to be mad at other than got beat by a better team this game. Simply got outplayed by the best team in the league, arguably. Uh, the Hurricanes fall by the score of 3 nothing. We'll talk through all of it. We'll talk to Alec Campbell in a little bit. And the Canes Corner Podcast, as always, is brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, there is no better place than the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. Sammy Hanna and his crew do an amazing job. Uh, whether it's windows or entry doors, doesn't matter if it's outside your home. Sort of. Windows are both. Doors are both. Uh, you can find it at AluminumCompany.com. Remember Monday's game? Same thing. Monday's game. Today's game, same thing. Wait, wait, but 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 Adam, the Canes were tied two-two entering the third period. Yeah, they were. But in terms of the way this game was played, dominant first, better, but not really very good in the second period. It had its moments in the second period, uh, but Tampa was the better team, had the better chances, uh, and then third period. Carolina tilted the ice in front of Andre Vasilevsky. Unfortunately, much like the game in Raleigh on Monday, Andre Vasilevsky is one of the best goaltenders on the planet, and he would not allow Carolina any breathing room. Uh, so the Hurricanes lose it by the score of 3 nothing. Real difference in the game. Uh, and as th- to me, this is exactly why it's really about Monday, too. The real difference in the game is that Monday, somehow, Carolina escaped with a one nothing lead in the first period. They were dominated in the first period. Tonight, it was essentially what Carolina deserved, which was a 2 nothing deficit. I mean, Carolina poured it on in the third period. They, I mean, they did. They had plenty of scoring chances. Uh, Warren Fogle had two beautiful chances to score and came up empty. And again, that's because Andre Vasilevsky is... Elite. Absolutely elite. 
so let's get to uh, to some of our some of my thoughts on this. Then we'll uh, go through a recap, and then we'll talk to Alec Campbell just after the break. Um, again, it really was a uh, kind of a mirror image of Monday night. You cannot, you cannot spot Tampa twenty minutes. Again, this is not about the other team's going to push back to. Carolina was a non-entity in the first period. And unlike the game Monday, where Carolina somehow stole a one nothing lead, they got what they deserved, and they were, uh, they were trailing 2-0. Uh, second period, Carolina wasn't significantly better, but for the most part, they at least didn't allow Tampa to lean on them. Uh, Carolina was just not great offensively at all in the second period. They were bad in the first. They just weren't great offensively in the second. That isn't to say they didn't have some chances. I believe there was a uh, Jordan Stahl uh, chance on a feed from, I believe, Fogel, a diagonal pass to the other side of the goal where, you know, a couple of games ago, Jordan Stahl was on a heater. Uh, That probably gets uh, roofed over Vasilevsky, uh, and it's 2-1. But in this one, Stahl couldn't elevate the puck. Uh, also happened on the power play where Stahl couldn't elevate the puck. And Vasilevsky makes a save. Uh, and it was sort of that way whenever Carolina did have some chances. And it wasn't like they didn't have some scoring chances. They did. They passed the puck, overpassed it a little bit too much. Uh, but for the most part, there just wasn't enough offense, even in the second period, as they were playing somewhat better. There was a disastrous power play in the second period in which... Uh, Tampa had the two best scoring chances as Yanni Gord came in on a breakaway, and then right after that, Victor Hedman had a uh, was on a two-on-one. Uh, Nedeljkovic made saves on both, I believe. He definitely stopped uh, Gord. I think he stopped Hedman as well. Um, and then the third, Carolina, better team in the third. But, you know, I'm not so sure we can take anything out of it. They were the better team in the third period, I thought, uh, again in uh, on Monday night. But again, the third period on Monday, the period started tied. So I draw more from that than I do from going into the third period down to where Tampa can be a little less aggressive offensively and just try to help out in front of their goaltender. Uh, and I think you saw just a great defensive period from Hedman, Ruda, Sergachev, there was Tampa is a great team, and Carolina kind of fell victim to that tonight. That isn't to say that there aren't some things that are concerning to me, but uh, I'm not concerned about the Hurricanes as a team. I don't think they're deficient in any area, uh, including goaltending. So let's get to that. I thought Alex Nedeljkovic was pretty doggone good. Pretty much all night long. I don't fault him on the first goal. I certainly don't fault him on the second goal. And the third was the empty netter. Uh, We can roll through a bunch of these because I think net, for the most part, actually, I don't think for the most part, Alex Nedeljkovic was Carolina's best player. And here comes point. Two on one for Tampa Bay. Hurry. Out in front for Pallant. Nedeljkovic makes a save. Alex Nedeljkovic with his best save of this contest as Pallant was charging in to the goaltender. He thinks it crossed the line was made by Wes McCauley to say no. Well, I mean, it, the puck did cross the line because Alex Nedeljkovic had it and he went all the way to the back of the net. Uh, there's no question the puck crossed the line. The only question is, was uh, Nedeljkovic pushed across the line by Andre Palat? 
Uh, and was Jake Bean, or I guess, or was Jake Bean responsible for pushing Andre Palat, who pushed Alex Nedeljkovic? Uh, had that been scored a goal on the ice, I'm not entirely sure they overturn it. Uh, but ultimately, I think it was the right call. I think there was enough contact there between Palat and Adelkovic to uh, to push him across the line. Uh, so that goal was uh, waived. Actually, it was never wasn't even ruled a goal on the ice. It was ruled no goal. Then they came back and said for goalie interference. Uh, but I didn't see that anyway. I just thought uh, that they just ruled that Gord pushed him or Palat pushed him in. Uh, by the way, best player on the ice for either team was Yanni Gord who was absolutely spectacular. And were it not for the play of Alex Nedeljkovic, Gord might have had a hat trick. Goodrow now sends it back behind the Canes net for Gord. Gord steps away from Dean along the goal line, goes in front, puts one right on the Nedeljkovic, has to have an answer for As Gord pulled his way through. Here comes Gord, shorthanded. He's in on the breaking, in on Nedeljkovic. To the forehand, Nedeljkovic with a big blocker save, shorthanded. As Gord took the loose pass and was in all alone. Now Joseph takes the puck away from Bean. Back to Goodrow. Coming in is Gord with a chance. Nedeljkovic extends. Full extension. Comes up with a huge save. A right toe save by Nedeljkovic as Gord picked up the loose puck and fired it on the Canes netminder. And a huge save by Nedeljkovic to keep this 2-0. Two games in a row where Alex Nedeljkovic looked really comfortable playing against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, very encouraging for the Hurricanes knowing that Ned uh, can be used in a pinch. Uh, when Peter Morazic comes back, and we're actually not even—I don't even think we're that close to Morazic. He's on the trip, uh, but I don't anticipate him playing at all on this trip. I think the next time we see uh, Morazic will probably be when Carolina returns home. And by the way, when they do return home, uh, the team will be allowed, thanks to the governor of North Carolina, some fans. Uh, up to 15% of capacity, which is in the neighborhood of between 2,500 and 3,000 fans. Uh, So Carolina can get some people in the building and maybe create a little bit more of an atmosphere because I've been to one game, no atmosphere. Uh, So 39 was very good tonight. Uh, We saw the sixth straight start for Jake Bean. He has earned that spot. And I do believe he is probably the fifth defenseman on this team. Uh, But... I do not think that Jake Bean was uh, his best tonight. And if Rod Brindamore wanted to put Hayden Fleury back on the ice and let Jake Bean watch another game, uh, he could do that. I don't think he will. I think Jake Bean will stay in the lineup, uh, and Rod is not going to give him a quick hook because I do think that Jake Bean has elevated his game to the point where he probably is Carolina's fifth defenseman. So I think you'll see Jake Bean play again, but this was not one for the time capsule. Uh, Jake Bean looked a little shaky with the puck. He was not as dynamic offensively, and uh, he did get power play time. They had Bean and Gardner on the power play at the same time. I'm not sure Rod is going to do that again. Uh, It's a little bit too left-handed oriented for me, Uh, but... I would just think it's either Bean or it's Gardner, not both. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see how uh, Rod wants to play it. The power play was not good uh, in their um, in their chances tonight. Just not very good at all. They had a power play in the third period, uh, which was a little bit better, but not, uh, not spectacular. Uh, so 24, not so good. 39, very good tonight. Nobody else really stood out. I'm not... I'm not 
you know, I didn't, I wasn't disappointed in anybody, but I do have some concerns. Uh, and here are the three concerns that I have. Uh, although I don't believe this was a traditional power play goal because it happened in transition, Carolina has allowed power play goals in now four of their last five games, six of their eight, six of their last eight. So they have to be a little bit better uh, on the uh, on the penalty kill. And uh, this one, it kind of left the middle of the ice wide open, and that was that. Uh, tremendous pass from Yanni Gord to Blake Coleman in front. And now here are my general concerns with things. Uh, and this, this is really about maybe as much as a circumstance as anything else. Now, Ten games now that uh, Andrei Svechnikov has failed to beat a goaltender. I find that troubling. Uh, ten straight games. Uh, Dougie Hamilton, we have played 18 games. You, you are free to count the Ephus pitch goal against Columbus that he basically lobbed at the net from the blue line. I am not for this purpose. Dougie Hamilton has not scored a goal. We have not seen Dougie. And unlike last year, when even he when he wasn't scoring, his defense was good, we haven't seen that Dougie Hamilton this year. What we are seeing more resembles the Dougie Hamilton who played the first half of his first season in Carolina, which I, w- I think we will all agree was underwhelming. Uh, Dougie has set a standard for himself based on what he did last year, and it will be disappointing if Dougie doesn't realize that, if he doesn't get to that point. So we have not seen great Dougie Hamilton. Warren Fogle, now seven games without a goal, and Fogle had two tremendous chances to score and did not do it. I don't think Warren is playing poorly, um, but there wasn't a lot of uh, things that were noticeable tonight. I thought the best line for Carolina, at least in the first two periods, was the fourth line. And then in the third period, uh, when everything was jumbled up, and it won't stay like that, because it was just, literally, it looked like Rod pulled line, pull, uh, forward lines out of a hat. Um, they were better, but again, I'm not sure I'm going to read anything into that, because Tampa had a 2 nothing lead, and they have the best goaltender, at least uh, one of the best goaltenders on the planet. Uh, so those three things are somewhat concerning. The power, The penalty kill is a little bit concerning, Uh, and uh, we'll see how Carolina responds to two straight really, really poor first periods. Let's do a quick recap, and then we'll talk to Alec Campbell on the other side. Uh, let's, uh, Let's get right to it. 6.43 of the first period, it was Victor Hedman taking advantage of Carolina. There was a lot of congestion in the middle of the ice. Martin Natchez, uh, who was checking Hedman at the time, got kind of caught up in traffic, and Hedmonton skated around. Hedmonton? Hedman skated around and behind the net and found a rookie for his first career goal. Hedman wheeling in on Nedeljkovic, goes to the backhand behind the net, sets one through, they score! Victor Hedman wheeled his way through, sent the puck to the front of the net, and it gets through Nedeljkovic, and that could be the first goal for Ross Colton, making his NHL debut today for the Tampa Bay Lightning. That was uh, that was maybe a Vincent Trocheck, uh, you know, error in judgment. Maybe he thought Jacob Slavin was going to tie him up, but Slavin had somebody else to worry about, uh, and. Trocek was marking Colton initially, uh, and then he lost contact with him, 
and Colton was just standing there at the top of the crease, and he slid it under Nedeljkovic. Uh, it was one nothing. Hedman and Alex Kalorn had the assists on that goal. Then with about two and a half minutes left in the first period with Brock McGinn in the box for hooking, Tampa got in transition. Coleman split the zone and finished a crossing feed from Yanni Gord. Speeding into the zone is Gord into the slot. They score! Pretty power play goal for Blake Coleman. His fourth of the season. And Tampa goes up 2-0 late in the first period. It was more a transition goal, really, than a power play goal, but they were on the power play. So if you don't have a power play, maybe you don't even have the puck. Um, so I'm not, uh, not even going to quibble with that. But super pass by Yanni Gord to Blake Coleman right down the, uh, right down the slot, and he just uh, kind of deflected it over Alex Nedeljkovic, and it's 2 nothing. That was kind of it. Carolina was a non-factor in the first period. Uh, they were offensively anemic in the second. They were better defensively, but offensively anemic in the second. Tampa had plenty of chances to score. Here's the other thing. In that second period, when uh, there wasn't a ton going on for Tampa, they still had incredible chances. We already already heard the Yanni Gord shorthanded chance. Then Victor Hedman came down in a two-on-one, uh, and Adelkovich, I think, got a, uh, a blocker to it. Tyler Johnson, who I believe has scored 386,000 goals in his career against Carolina, uh, came in very in, in very tight and hit the uh, hit the post uh, after beating Nedeljkovic, but you can't beat the can't beat the post. So Tampa had chances to score, and Ned made a couple of really good saves, and maybe Tampa got a little unlucky, but it was still two nothing after two, uh, and then Carolina poured it on, but uh, could not get anything past Andre Vasilevsky. Uh, the closest thing Carolina had uh, really ended up being Warren Fogle. Uh, but they had some chances. Aho jumps in, looking across through the slot to the blue paint. Shot is on. Nate just couldn't get the stick to it. Aho has it. His second chance, and Vasilevsky gets the blocker on it. Two glorious chances there for Carolina. Pesci over to Slavin. Slavin waits to the side of the net. Vasilevsky somehow gets to the puck as parked at the side of the net was Fogel and Lorenz, and somehow Vasilevsky denies the game. Barkley Goodrow skated it into the empty net with, at 19:25, and there is your final three nothing. Uh, better team won again tonight. Uh, so far in the four games of the season series, the team that outplayed the other was the winner. It's the Canes Corner podcast. We're going to check in with Alec Campbell in just a second. A reminder that not only can you subscribe to this. And it shows up in your feed automatically. You can give us a rating, a review. Uh, you can make suggestions. And if you are a subscriber, you get, before it's available to the general public, kind of a sneak preview, you get a uh, the David Ayers podcast before anybody else does, except other subscribers. Uh, so episode three of the David Ayers podcast will drop Monday. Uh, so if you're a subscriber... You get it Sunday night. So subscribe to it. Uh, this will be the third episode of a three-part series as we look back on the uh, the e-bug game. Uh, and speaking of e-bug, uh, Alec and I had a conversation uh, about the e-bug during the uh, second intermission, and then it continued uh, into the third period. And we're going to talk to Alec Campbell on the other side of the Canes Corner podcast right after this break. 
Alec Campbell, my friend, Stormwatch, Aftermath, Intermissions, Hurricanes Radio Network, 12 to 3, we do this radio show thing together Monday through Friday. Uh, we spend more time with each other than we do with our wives and children, uh, which I'm not even going to categorize as a good thing or a bad thing. It's just a thing. Uh, and uh, let's talk a little Hurricanes hockey. Do you remember Monday's game? Yes, I tried to block it out of my mind, but I do remember it. Tell yes. me the difference. I'm like an elephant. Tell me the difference between Monday's game and today's game. Well, not much, except that I think today's was slightly worse. Is that possible? Um, I I actually, I mean, I thought Monday, at least, there was some competitive nature to the game. There was, I wasn't completely disappointed in everything that I saw Monday night. But, I mean, there are a lot of similarities. I just didn't think that – I mean, I don't, I don't really have much to say, to be honest with you, because there ain't really much to talk about. This will be quick. The Canes, I mean, the, Canes, the, Canes, they got it handed to them. What do you want, to, what yeah. do you want me to say about it? I mean, the, the lone bright spot really in the game was Alex Nedeljkovic. Yeah. If you wanted to point to the fourth line early in the game, I think you could do that. But then the lines kind of got jumbled up later on in the game. And they just weren't ever – I mean, they were just swimming upstream for so much of the game. The third period, I thought they got a few more chances. They definitely had better possession in the third period. But, I mean, not many. I mean, Warren Fogle gets gets stopped on the doorstep. I think that was in the third period. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I mean, there just wasn't a ton that happened. Their power play looked pretty abysmal for the most part. Yep. Um, they're just – there's just not really much to say other than they got it handed to them. All right. Well, uh, then th- th- there are a couple of things I want to get to. Uh, so this could be uh, people People might have a chance to go listen to the David Ayers podcast episode two on their way to work. Hey, that's, fu- that's fine. To me, the only difference, real difference between today and Monday was the fact that Monday, Carolina stole a one nothing lead in the first. And tonight, mm-hmm. they got what they deserved, 2 nothing. Uh, and once they were behind 2 nothing, it was going to be difficult. Vasilevsky was awesome tonight uh, when he had to be, and I thought Tampa's defense in front of him was also great. Hedman was great. Uh, I thought Jan Ruda was very good. Um, I thought uh, Sergachev was good, and they were a little bit more physical uh, with Carolina, and I also think Tampa does some things that Washington uh, has done in the past where uh, they sort of generally just skate in front of you and sort of get away with some interference. But uh, mm-hmm. as long as you're not, you know, going out of your way to impede, uh, there's really nothing for them to call. Uh, but I, I noticed, like, on the on the Hedman uh, play on the first goal. I mean, yeah. Ruta clearly interfered with yeah. Natchez. And there's, yeah. there's no question about that. Um, but... Yeah, they got away with it, but it's all, you know it's uh, it happens. Carolina could try that. Maybe they will. They they'll get away with it uh, as well. I think you're right though about Nadelkovic. Thought he was a bright spot uh, in the game. Really did uh, like the way he played. Uh, much like James Reimer, really I thought played well on Monday. I thought Ned deserved uh, probably a better fate. I don't think he was at fault for either goal, and he wasn't around for the empty netter. So uh, I liked I liked Ned. I do I think I uh, think that was good. Uh, other than that, I'm trying to think of the positive. Well, I mean, you just pointed to all the things that Tampa did, 
and that's uh, that's sort of the point here. Yeah, is that Tampa had all the positive play, really. I mean, they 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 had Carolina besides the the opening shift of the game. Carolina could not get out of their own end. They couldn't get an exit. They couldn't get through the neutral zone. Yeah, they they really were not. They were unthreatening in the entire first period for the most part. I mean, I remember, like I said, the one good shift to begin, and then I remember maybe two good shifts from the fourth line, and that's it. And that and that's just that's just them getting the puck in the other end and sort of sustaining some some possession for a second. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not even talking about getting, like, legit scoring chances. I'm just talking about, like, having the puck. Yeah. So, like, that, that's that's kind of how it was. That I mean – I thought Tampa was just really good tonight. He asked Rod Brindamore after the game about the slow start, and his his answer was the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> right. Well, what, what what do you attribute that to? Yes, them. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Uh, so even he even he you know didn't have much for you. Uh, it just uh, it just you know, and then you've got you know you want to point to uh, Svechnikov who hasn't scored a goal. You know, he scored an empty net goal a couple of games ago. Ten, yeah, but 10 he, games. But he's gone 10 games without scoring a goal, you know, on a goaltender, as you like to say. Yeah. Which is true. I mean, it's a fact. Yeah. <laughs> and so now I'm curious about what's going to happen tomorrow because, you're, you know, you're on the road, so you don't have last change, and that kind of that kind of changes things up for you in terms of how you – you run people out there. Trip seems to think that they'll stick with the Aho Svechnikov combination. I could, I could see that happening because yep. of that. So we'll see. We'll see how, if anything, happens. But I mean, it kind of feels like you got to do something a little different. It, it, yeah. I, I think they do. Um, real quick, because again, I have no concerns about the Hurricanes as a team. Uh, no, me neither. Right, twelve, five, and one. I'm not. I'm not concerned at all that they're not good enough. I still think they're one of the elite teams in the sport. I'm not. I'm not concerned about that. I actually probably uh, feel better about them because uh, Nedeljkovic has played well, especially in his last two starts. That I think they can survive, um, you know, a longer stretch without Peter Morazic because Ned has played well. Um, but my concerns are really twofold more more than anything else, uh, and they are Svech has gone now ten games without beating a goaltender. I find that significant, uh, and I don't. By the way, I don't even pay attention to what happened in the third period. Carolina was great in the third period, uh, but what did Tampa need to do? Tampa just they they basically what do they say in soccer? They parked the bus. Yeah, it basically to no, me that, I mean- that's what they did, right? Yeah, I mean, the third period, you and I spent half of arguing about e <laughs> I alluded to that before the break. Uh, with, uh, I, it's possible that we're both right about that. Um, well, I mean, the, the, at the end of the day, an accountant made seven saves right. for Chicago. Tremendous. So it's essentially the same thing. Yeah. He just didn't get, he didn't get a win. And Anton Forsberg hurt himself playing pregame soccer that day. Right. So... There were supposed to be two Blackhawk goaltenders, but they're lucky that Winnipeg didn't have uh, didn't have either of their goaltenders go down because I don't know what would have happened in that situation. They, 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 there was no e-bug available for Winnipeg. Yeah. Actually, actually, there maybe maybe Foster would have had to get undressed and then put on a Winnipeg sweater uh, because yeah. technically he was the e-bug in the building that uh, that night. The other concern I have is that we have now played 18 games 
And as I, uh, I offered to people in the first part of this podcast, if you choose to count Dougie Hamilton's EFAS pitch goal in Columbus, you can. I am, t- I am not saying that you can't. I'm not. <laughs> 18 games. We're still waiting for Dougie Hamilton's first goal. It's not without trying. It, it's not without trying, but here's the problem that I have ultimately with it. For 18 games, we have essentially gotten Dougie Hamilton's first half of his first season in first Carolina. Yeah. yeah, And that's not the Dougie Hamilton that makes Carolina great. Dougie right. Hamilton needs to be the guy we saw in the first half of last year in order for not only for, to make Carolina great, but also, or to help Carolina be great, because they've been great without him, uh, but also, if Dougie wants to get paid, if yeah. Dougie wants that contract, and I don't believe it's going to come until after the expansion draft, if it comes, but if Dougie wants that contract from Carolina, we need to see the full package from Dougie, and we really haven't seen great defense, and we haven't seen the offensive uh, magic that Dougie was great at you know, last year. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, so much of this comes down to if you're not going to do this, then what are you doing? And Dougie, while I thought he was better defensively last year, I mean, that's not really his calling card. So if he's not scoring goals and he's not great defensively to make up for that, then we're left with, just sort of unproductive Dougie, non-impactful Dougie. And that's what we've gotten so far. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a little bit concerning. Although, you know, Carolina defensemen haven't really scored a bunch of goals as a, as a whole this year. And he's a big three. part of that. They have he's a big three, part of that. Right? But, but, yeah, they definitely need him to step up for Sla- sure in terms Slavin, of the goal scoring. Slavin only has an empty net goal. Pesci has been their best offensive defenseman. I know Dougie leads defenseman in points. Pesci's been their best offensive defenseman so far through yeah. 18 games. And uh, Jake Bean, I wasn't, Jake Bean did not have it tonight. No, um, it didn't. But uh, I still think that Jake Bean will get another crack at it tomorrow. I don't think Rod is going to give him a quick hook. Uh, he's not going to treat him like Kevin Cash treats Blake Snell or treated <laughs> Blake Snell. I think he'll, he'll get another turn through the lineup. Uh, but uh, but it wasn't it wasn't Jake Bean's best night. But I think Jake Bean kind of just fit in with everybody else tonight, offensively. Uh, yeah, I agree. The entire team was uh, was uh, sort of nebulous. All right, final thing, final thing. And maybe this is me wishing this. Oh, uh, I have a, a good sign. I changed microphone colors tonight. Oh, what I'm, color? I'm, I'm using a blue one tonight. Uh, I've okay. been using a red one, and I think ju- much like line combinations go sk- go stale, I just mm-hmm. think that maybe we we uh, we drained all the winds out of the red microphone, so we go blue microphone uh, to turn things around for tomorrow. Fair claim. Sometimes you just got to stand up and maybe take a take a. My grandfather, when he's playing euchre and things aren't going for him, he just gets out of his chair and he walks around his chair real fast, and he sits <laughs> back down. <laughs> Uh, and then he goes alone. He goes alone yeah. only with uh, with with and two he, with two Trump and uh, one ace and two kings. Yeah, and wins. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, uh, maybe that says more about us. Uh, it probably does. Probably the the competition might not be fierce. The uh, I, I I saw a lot of frustration on the bench from Aho at the end, uh, and I actually think that we're going to see. Uh, 
Seabass play an inspired game tomorrow. I might, maybe I'm reading, uh, reading uh, into that something I shouldn't. But I think, uh, I think we're going to see a mad Sebastian Ajo tomorrow. And I, I do think we'll see some line uh, changes. I'd like to see Faust play with Svechnikov and Ajo. Um, and I keep going back to the fact that Foss played with Panarin and Strom last year uh, and was a big part of their success. I think Foss, who's still playing well, could uh, is is a, essentially to me a better version of Brock McGinn. Yeah, so I thought that we were going to get more of an inspired effort tonight, just based on the loss. Yeah, the other night, just because of the way that Carolina has shown themselves this year. Like to me, they have felt like a more consistent effort team, um, and probably a, a lot in part due to the fact that they've been winning and they've been successful. And when you're successful, it's easier to get up for games. Yeah. And so I, I kind of was expecting not the slow, flat start that we got tonight again, but I definitely think tomorrow we will, because now it's two times in a row that you've been punched in the face to start the game. And I don't think they'll let that happen again tomorrow. I agree. I agree. Um, it, th- th- this definitely was a game you could have used, Tavo Teravainen. Uh, well, but but yeah. can't you say that every game? Yeah, you could. I mean, I'm curious about like just the, you know, I mean, that's one player that's gone, but it's, I feel like it's a major sort of trickle down effect to how the rest of the lineup is constructed. I'll tell you Uh, what it, what it eliminates is front loading anything. You can't put Ajo, Teravainen and Sveshnikov together because Teravainen is not playing. Uh, I, I do think that if Rod wanted to do something, he could put Aho, Svechnikov, and Natchez out there. There's no reason why that line can't be yeah, successful. I'd, I'd like to see that actually. Uh, but I actually, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that he throws Jesper Faust up there, uh, ju- just until Teravainen comes back. Because again, I keep going back to it. Uh, Faust played up. He played in a, in a, on a top yeah. line last year, and he can do that. And again, I just think he's a he's a better version offensively of Brock McGinn. It brings him a little more balance too if you do that, as opposed to putting Natchez up there. It, it, you're you're top loading your lineup, your off your your right. offensive players. If you put Natchez up there, I really thought we might see something like that in the third period. I think Rod uh, just uh, picked the center and then pulled two names out of a hat in the third <laughs> period. I didn't I didn't know what I, who was where and what was who, uh, but. It didn't really. They created some chances. So, but again, I don't. I don't read anything into the third yeah. period. I think because, Rod. I, I think Rod was pretty pissed after the game. Yeah, I. I, I don't disagree. Like he was. Um, I know. He, you know. He. He always does the. The effort's always there thing. But, I mean, he was abnormally short. Yeah, he should be mad because they, they were. They were. No, I don't. I'm not. I'm not faulting him for yeah. being mad. It's just normally he's. He's pretty good about. You know, giving you something because he knows that it's not the media's fault right, that right. they lost the game. So he's usually like fairly conscious of that, but he he really wasn't in the mood after this one. So did you you had to do three stars? Who'd you give three stars to? No, yeah, I did. Well, I I I just did tonight. There were no there weren't any. Uh, so I gave I just listed the official ones right and read the sponsor. <laughs> um, and I could I could have given one to Alex Nedeljkovic, but since I wasn't doing my own stars, I just kept it consistent and went with whatever the league gave out, which yep. was I think Blake Coleman and Ross Colton 
got one because he scored an NHL goal on his right. very first NHL shot. Yanni Gord wasn't the first star? It might have been Gord. It might have been Gord. It might have been Gord, Colton, and Vasilevsky. I know Colton and Vasilevsky got one. Yanni Gord's a hell of a player, man. Yeah, he was. He was good tonight. He, he was a, good. And Vasilevsky in the third period and that save he made uh, on yeah. Fogel was – I th- yeah. I, I kind of think that shot was going to go wide. I didn't think Fogel really uh, – Oh, had- come on, Gold. Stop being such a negative Nancy. That was a great <laughs> shot, and it was a great save. It was a great save. I'm not sure it was going to be on net, but that's fine. That's, that's just – who cares? Uh, all right, sir. We'll, uh, hopefully we'll do uh, – we'll talk happier things uh, a little bit more than 24 hours from now. We'll think happy thoughts. Uh, it is the Canes Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold. Before we get out of here, a reminder, subscribe to this, and you get it in your phone or wherever you get your podcast. You can give us a rating, give us a review, let us know what you like. Also, the David Ayers Podcast, Episode 3, will drop Monday. It is scheduled if you are a subscriber. Between you and me, you get it early. Maybe even Sunday night. And a reminder that the Canes Corner Podcast is brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. You can go online for a free no-obligation estimate, aluminumcompany.com. They stand by their work. Sammy Hanna and his crew are awesome, and there is no better place to go for home improvements than the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. That does it for the Canes Corner Podcast. We appreciate your time. Carolina is now tied with Tampa for second place in the Central Division, one point behind Florida. The Panthers were losers to Dallas this evening, so Carolina and Tampa trail Florida by one point in the division. Until tomorrow night when the Canes take on the Lightning for the fourth time in six days. Bye. You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sports Fan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Canes Corner Podcast. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.